Well, good morning again. I'm very privileged this morning to share with you from God's Word. I do want you to know we actually have a lot more youth than what you see up here. Um, and we are missing a few this morning because we had a party on Wednesday night with the youth and everybody got sick. So um, that is where some of them are. So we appreciate your prayers for them as they recover uh, this morning. And Caitlin and I got sick as well as little Sammy. So uh, thankfully we got our strength back before this morning. And so we are very happy to be with you and to be able to share and lead with our youth. And I just want to share just a little bit of what we've been talking about uh, on Wednesday nights with our youth. We've been going through the fruit of the Spirit, specifically talking about if you say you have a relationship with Jesus, if you claim to be a Christian, there should be evidence of this in your life, right? There should be fruit that comes to life in your own life through the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, this week happens to be the week that we're going to talk about goodness. But before I get into that, I just kind of want to do a little bit of a recap with you guys. So I want to read from Galatians 5, just to kind of set the tone for us this morning. It could be from Galatians 5, verses 16 through 18, and then also verses 22 to 23. And this is what it says. So I say, walk by the Spirit... And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then he goes on to say, this is the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Pretty much, if you claim to be a Christian, these are the things that should be showing up in your life that you should be experiencing and living out. And so I just want to touch on, before we get into the fruit of goodness, I want to touch a little bit more about what the fruit of the Spirit actually is. And what the fruit of the Spirit means for us is that you cannot live the way the Apostle Paul is calling you to in this passage apart from the Spirit of God. But by the help of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you can become a person of goodness, and not just any kind of good goodness, a Jesus kind of goodness. A few verses earlier, Paul says that when we wake up every day, we have two choices that we make. You choose to either live according to the Spirit or you live according to your sinful nature. And part of what that means is that we have to condition our hearts to be attentive to the Spirit's voice and movement. Living according to the Holy Spirit doesn't just happen to you. There's something that you have to do to engage with the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, the Holy Spirit is kind of like the secret sauce, secret sauce to Christ-likeness. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. The Greek for empowerment of the Holy Spirit is dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from. When you start being sensitive and attentive to the Holy Spirit, he becomes dynamite to your soul. And so it's not you living this life anymore. 
It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit empowering you to live like Jesus. So I want to get first things first. Everything starts with your full dependence on the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of goodness starts with the work of God in your heart. So what is goodness? What does goodness mean? In Galatians 5, as we just read, Paul uses the Greek word agathosene, which if you know someone named Agatha, their name means good. And there's no exact English word to describe this word that purposely describes what Paul is saying here. It's an all-encompassing word that covers everything that is good. It can mean to be kind, to show mercy. It can mean to be righteous, having good character or moral excellence. I think there's a lot of people in this room that I think show this characteristic. Just want to give a few examples. I think Abby Markle, what she does with the ballet, giving free ballet classes every week to little kids is a good thing. I think what Monica and Jenny do through the school co-op is a good thing for people. Just wanna, they don't, they don't know that I'm gonna share this about them, but I wanna say that Pat shows the character of goodness. Every morning when I'm walking my dog Milo around the parking lot, she's out every morning picking up trash in our property. I think that shows goodness. A lot of you know that Sherry Logue was in the hospital recently and she's been back in and out recovering, but the other night I heard that Jen and Nathan Rule went over to her house just to sit with her and to sing hymns with her. That shows the goodness of God. And so when we look at what goodness is, we can look at our church family. But I wanna ask you a question. If you were to describe yourself, would you say that you are good? Would you say that you're a good person? I would say probably after my first cup of coffee, uh, that's when the goodness starts to show. Before that, you're getting a whole different type of Sam. Um, but would you call yourself a good person? Let me ask you another question. What does goodness look like in your home? What does goodness look like in our political engagement today? It's hard to see sometimes. What does goodness look like in the brokenness that we see in our city? There are some things that as human beings we just know are intuitively good. Like taking care of your family, caring for those who are in need, feeding the hungry, taking care of the lonely. These are good things that we need to do. But here's the truth. We live in a world where people disagree about what good is, what good means. And so for us, our definition of good and goodness can only be determined by one thing, and that's the word of God. It determines our standard of goodness. It's not about your personal opinion. It's not your truth or my truth. It's God's definition. And for us as Christians, we have to constantly and consistently immerse ourselves in Scripture, in God's Word, so that it can shape our idea of what it means to be good. Paul says in Romans 12, hate what is evil, but cling to what is good. That doesn't mean that you hate people, God calls us to love our enemies, but what it does mean is that we need to run from treasuring evil in our hearts. We're not gonna treasure backbiting each other. We're not gonna treasure slandering or trying to one-up our enemies, our opponents. We need to treasure blessing. 
serving and speaking the truth with love in our community. And so in the Old Testament, this word good that Paul used was exclusively used to describe the character of God. It's who he is. It's his nature. Everything God does, it is out of his goodness. So the first thing I want us to establish this morning is God is good. Amen? God is good. It is his character. It's in his nature. Everything he does is out of his goodness. And here's the reality. It is not in our character. The goodness that is described in God does not describe humanity. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to goodness through God's nature of goodness in us. So how does God show his goodness? When we look at scripture, how does God show his goodness to the world? It's through his mercy, his kindness, his compassion. Psalm 145 I believe it's on the screen. It says, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. God is a compassionate, caring God, and he cares about you. In Exodus 33, God literally showed his goodness to Moses. It says, Moses said, God, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. You see, his goodness is shown in his love and care for his people. We often say that God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. And why do we say that? Because he is good, but because God doesn't change. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can always rely on his goodness towards us. And one of the biggest ways that God showed his goodness is through Jesus. Scripture says that the fullness of God was shown in Jesus. And Jesus even referred to himself as the good shepherd. He wasn't just a, any shepherd. He was a good shepherd. And then we look at the rich young ruler in scripture that comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher. And Jesus, as Jesus likes to do, he asks, why do you call me good? Jesus said, no one is good except God alone. What he was saying there is that I am God. I am God in flesh. But only God is good. Jesus said that, only God is good. Why is that? Because we have sin in our life. We have sin. Paul says in Romans 7, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. I don't like doing the dishes. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a laundry guy. I don't mind doing the laundry. And that's the way it is in our house. Caitlin does the dishes. I do the laundry. But there are some times where I need to do the dishes. But I don't want to. I would rather put on the magic game, even though they'll probably lose. Um, I want to watch the magic play. Or I'd rather go to Disney. That's the thing about living in Orlando. I can go to Disney whenever I want to, usually. I don't want to do the dishes. It's not in me to desire to do it, even though I know it needs to be done. And there's a lot of simple examples like that in our life where... We know what is good for us. We know what we should be doing, but we always allow 
our personal desires to take over. Philippians 3, Paul says, I put no confidence in my flesh. Paul is very honest about himself. He says our goodness is like filthy rags to the Lord. They just do not measure up. So Jesus says only God is good, and yet Paul in Galatians 5 says that we can be called that same goodness. So what has changed between that point of Jesus saying that and what Paul was saying? The cross. Jesus died on the cross Romans 5, 8, while we were still sinners, it says Christ died for us. So what does that mean? That it's no longer about our goodness, that the goodness, the perfect life of Jesus is now ours. When we put our faith in him, that is what we receive so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see sin, he sees Jesus. The goodness of God leads us to repentance and leads us to the cross. Your life has been redeemed by Jesus, and when he looks at you, he says you are good, and now you have his Holy Spirit living in you, and you no longer live according to your sin nature, but according to the good things that God has for us. And the Holy Spirit starts to develop in us the character of Christ. God gives us a pure, fresh, and unselfish goodness that reflects who he is. You see, your goodness is no longer dependent on your performance. It is no longer dependent on how good you try to make yourself. Your goodness is completely dependent on the goodness of Jesus. And we need to acknowledge that this morning, that God is good, and we cannot produce a goodness that is apart from him, a righteousness that is on our own. It can only come from God working in us through his Holy Spirit. So we need to establish first that God is good, and here's the second thing we need to do. We get to rest in God's goodness. You get to rest. Your labor is done. You get to rest. Because of God's goodness, we can now be at rest. We can have perfect peace regardless of what happens in our lives. Psalm 31 says, How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. I have a question for you this morning. Are you good at resting? Are you always in a hurry? Is your to-do list always unrealistically long? Do you use days off to get caught up on unfinished work? Has more than one person told you that you need to slow down? Does that apply to any of us this morning? Because I can tell you, we live in a very busy culture where we feel like we have to go, go, go to accomplish and attain and to feel good about ourselves. And I want us to realize something. We cannot confuse our work with our worth. Because a lot of us determine our worth by how much we accomplish, by how good we make ourselves and here's the good news we no longer have to labor for our goodness you can stop this morning it has been done in Jesus he has made you good and you don't have to impress other people anymore you don't have to tirelessly earn the approval of others God has made you good and this is your new identity 
his love for you, his goodness in you, that is your new identity. It is not what the world thinks of you. It's not what you try to create for yourself. It is what God says about you. And this also means that we believe that God cares about the future, about our future, trusting that God is working all things for our good. Do you believe that this morning? That God is working everything for your good, no matter what happens. Romans 8.28 says that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We don't always understand how God's goodness works. Sometimes it leaves us asking more questions. Sometimes his goodness appears in the form of tough love, which I know is uncomfortable and we don't like, we don't understand. Just as an example, um, I got spanked a lot as a kid, um, especially during church. Uh, some of it was not merited, I just wanna say that. Uh, I was just a very energetic pastor's kid. Um, but my parents would always say, when spanking me, this is for your own good. Um, sure, uh, now that I am a, a parent, uh, I understand that a little bit more. But sometimes God does that with us. We don't understand what's happening in our life. But here's something we need to understand. It's hard to accomplish what God is calling us to do if we doubt his goodness. When we don't believe that God will provide all of our needs, it's hard to move forward. And we doubt that God will give us strength to overcome difficult times. I know a lot of people currently whose lives are just falling apart, who don't know what to do, they feel lost, they feel broken, where everything goes wrong, one thing after another, loss after loss, disappointment after disappointment. It's hard to see where God is good in the midst of that. And I don't know what to say to those people a lot of those times, but I was, I was very encouraged a few weeks ago by Sherry Logue's testimony. What an amazing story of God's faithfulness, but also of Sherry's faithfulness to the Lord. And one of the things I remember her saying was that when things got hard, she didn't move away from God. It caused her to move closer to him and to trust his plan and his goodness. And what'd she do? She said she went to God's word. And that just brought to my mind Psalm 23, where David said, the Lord is my shepherd, and he goes on, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, talking about the Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is a promise from the Lord to us. And that in those times of uncertainty, of brokenness, where we feel like we're doing everything wrong or everything around us is going wrong. God has not abandoned you. He is with you, and he promised that his goodness will follow you all the days of your life into eternity. And the Holy Spirit allows us to experience God's goodness in us. And he promises that his goodness will not leave us ever. If we want to reach the destination in our life, 
that God is calling us to. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is kind of like our GPS for Christ-likeness. If you follow his voice in his direction, you'll always reach the destination you're going for. And here's the thing about GPS. It's a little bit more helpful if you have the volume up. Do you have the volume up on the Spirit's voice in your life? So the first thing we need to understand is that God is good, yes? The second thing we need to do is we need to rest in his goodness. It's not about us. We don't have to labor anymore. God's goodness is enough. So what's the third thing? We need to do good. Out of his goodness, we can do the good that he is calling us this morning. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God has given you everything you need to be good. He has given you his word. He has given you the Holy Spirit. He has given you the body of Christ to encourage you. Hebrews says, let's spur each other on to love and good deeds. He has provided everything that we could possibly need to accomplish what he has called us to. Matthew 5 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God calls us to action. He doesn't call us to sit on the sidelines. He doesn't say just because he is good that we don't have to do anything anymore. What it means is, is that we have the assurance of his goodness in our life. We don't have to win the approval, and so we are free to do good without worrying about what the world says about us. We are fully accepted in Jesus, and so we can accomplish his good works we should all want to accomplish big things for God, but it's not always about big things. It's about the little acts of kindness that go unnoticed, but are never unnoticed by God. To love our neighbor, to feed the hungry, to listen to those who are hurting. A lot of times it's just listening. It's not us talking, telling people what to do. It's listening to those who are hurting and allowing the Spirit of God to speak through us into their lives to bring healing you see, our good deeds can help lead others to knowing the love of Jesus. So yes, we are meant to do good. Here's the challenge. I think we fall into this trap. Are we doing these things to make ourselves feel good? To check off our good deeds off a list or to gain status among our peers? We do this in the church, if we're being honest. To look good. And we can do good to feed our pride or to have someone reciprocate feelings that we have or our intentions become self-serving. The disciples who were with Jesus fell into this trap. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out 72 of his followers to go and heal the sick uh, and to care for those um, in the community. And then they came back and this is what happened. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us now in your name. And this is how Jesus replied to them. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. 
do not rejoice in your good deeds, but rejoice that God is good and that you belong to him. That is the good news that you carry that comes through the good deeds that you show to the world. It is not, look at us, look what we have accomplished, look at this kingdom that we are building. No, it is the kingdom that God has built that he is calling us to and that he has brought us in. And that is our joy. The good we do is not meant to elevate our status, to give us recognition, but is meant to elevate the good news of Jesus that salvation has come and we want the world to know Jesus. That is the good that we do. Galatians 2 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The good deeds that we accomplish, church, it's not for ourselves and it's not by ourselves. It is through faith in Jesus. That is how we accomplish the good that God is doing in the world. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. So church, I want to ask you this morning, what are the good deeds that God is calling you to do? I believe that if we open our up our eyes to divine appointments and opportunities, we will see that God is already at work around us and that he is inviting us to join him. One of the opportunities that we have this evening is our trunk or treat. Yes, something as simple as a trunk or treat can do good things for God. One of the ways is that we show hospitality to our community. We're gonna be giving away free hot dogs, chips and a drink to families who would come, a free meal. And we're just gonna be showing kindness to people. Steve Shogren said, small things done with great love will change the world. It's always about the little things that we can do to partner together. Sometimes we need to choose what's good over what's easy. It's easy for me to come home after work after a long day, fall on the couch, turn on the TV, and just zone out for the rest of the night. But is that good for me? What's good is that I get down on the floor with Sammy and we play together. What's good for me is to come in and talk to my wife and hear how her day was and make sure that she feels heard and valued. Choosing what's good isn't always the easier path, but it is the more satisfying path. Is there an area in your life where you need to start to choose what is good over what's easy? The thing is, you don't have the power in of yourself to live the kind of life that Paul is asking us to. This is something that can only be done by the Holy Spirit of God in you. So this passage is calling us to complete dependence on him. If you want to be a person of goodness, you've got to be a person of dependence. How do we do that? You have to abide in Christ. He is the vine, we are the branch. If you want to see the fruit of goodness in your life, You've gotta stay connected to a relationship with Jesus. He'll give you the life by the Holy Spirit, a life of goodness, and apart from him, we can do nothing. So this means we have to be a people of prayer. We have to be a people of worship, a people of silence and solitude that stay connected to our Heavenly Father so that we can receive his life. 
God created the world good. When he created human beings in Genesis 1, he said that it was very good. God doesn't hate us. God doesn't write us off. He doesn't give up on us. He wants to restore us to right relationship with him. And he has given us his Holy Spirit so that we can experience that original goodness. The Holy Spirit of God has been given to us to heal what is broken in our lives. Church, there's a lot of bad in the world. And part of our calling isn't to avoid it, but to bring the goodness of Jesus into it. People may not agree with you. They may not believe what you believe. But when you live out the goodness of Jesus, where you live, work, and play, it's going to be hard for anyone to argue with that. First Peter 2 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify your God in heaven. Do you hear what that's saying? They can argue with your theology, but they can't argue with your good deeds. That your spirit-empowered goodness has the potential to change people's hearts and minds towards Jesus. There is power when you are committed to doing what is good. John Wesley says, do all the good you can, in all the ways you can, at all times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. By the goodness of God, the Holy Spirit in you, resting in his goodness, we can accomplish all things in Jesus to see the world come to